Yeah, he's really interested in startups. He began his career in the internet in the mid-90s, co-founded Betaworks, which created and uh, invested in social real-time applications and services. Andy Weissman's with us, partner at Union Square Ventures, making investments in healthcare, financial services, and more. Also participating in a panel today. It's called Silicon Alley, creating a 21st century tech hub. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thank you. Hey, when you look at um, kind of what's going on in the world of investing, I mean, there's a lot of money flowing into uh, different things. What what areas do you find kind of the most interesting right now? Well, and hold the most potential, right? Because yeah. you guys throw a lot of money at different things. A lot of things don't pan out. Sorry. Yes. But what do you think holds the most potential? Well, our model is designed so many things don't work out. So just get <laughs> on, that on the table. We have a high Fair failure enough. rate. I think there are a couple areas that we're particularly interested in that we have always been, but in particularly in the last few years, education is one. We think information, the information age will transform the way edu- people learn and the way people teach, and we think as investors you can make a lot of money. And it's been slow that. to change. It has been slow to change, but if you think the, the, the modern Internet era is how many years old? You yeah. Know, 10, 15. The iPhone is 10 years old. So we won't, we're, we're early in that. So we think those those changes will accelerate. We think healthcare is just beginning. We think financial technologies have always been a place of good transformation and change and a great place to be investors. And then Bitcoin and blockchain. When you, you know I have you, to say that. Well, you have, all right, Corey, you have got to follow up because was it Jamie Dimon who basically said, I was looking for the story, but it's um, yes. that he said something about if any of his traders or something play around yes. with Bitcoin, like they're right. out of here or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of have to say that, right? Because what Jamie does and what bank, what 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 his company does, um, J.P. Morgan. I mean, the whole financial system, right? Uh, Bitcoin could certainly uh, turn that upside down. It could turn it sideways. Could. could turn it sideways and maybe upside down. So, so I, you know, when he said that, I don't. Is that a buy signal or a sell signal? <laughs> I don't well, know. You tell me. Is there a fundamental I, ignorance reflected in that comment? No, I don't think it's ignorance. I think, I, but I think it's a pattern that you see repeated in history, where the incumbency new technologies and are threatened by the te- technologies as they should be, because at the core, those technologies alter the could alter the way they do business, maybe in ways they can't compete with. And Bitcoin is one of those. It's very early, so it's impossible to say how it will evolve. But it has characteristics that are, in a way, the inverse of the way financial institutions or corporations in general work, and so those are potentially a threat. He said Bitcoin is a fraud. Yeah, I don't know if it's a fraud. Is it? That's what, a bold statement. But what's more fascinating um, is it is it Bitcoin? Is it the blockchain technology? Yeah. To me, blockchain has the potential to really unleash yes. something powerful. Yes, and Bitcoin is a blockchain technology. Bitcoin being a currency or right. a type of blockchain, there are many others. Ethereum is one. There are there are many many others. But they all rep, they all have a commonality, and that commonality is they're an open ledger or an open database. And most companies operate in a closed a closed database. Right. Way. We have no you and I have no access to J P Morgan data. We wouldn't. That's their proprietary asset. You and I can go look at the blockchain or any blockchain, any of the data on the blockchain today because it's open by nature. That's the threatening part, and that applies not just to currencies, but any other types of businesses. It's fascinating. Yeah, it, it is, and I wonder when you look at that where you see investment opportunities, you know, uh, okay, so let's let's accept the fact that there's going to be some digital currency in the future, and, and you can pick a currency, but but that's not where you're invested. Where are you investing, and what, what kind of things do you think are going to work? 
so so in 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 many ways what's happening in the in the development of blockchain reflects a lot of the similarities in the development of the internet 20 years ago and so some of the protocols that we rely on for the internet right now http to look at web pages smtp to send email were open source projects and blockchain is reinventing many of those and creating a very different open structure that's uh, that is both open but ways that people can get compensated to participate those are the tokens so where we are particularly active is on that protocol side, building the building blocks. Once that's done, the application side will probably get more robust. You know, we've got a lot of fascinating companies here, Blue Apron, uh, we've got IBM, like an old tech. When you look at a name like IBM, what do you think is its future? Well, so I have a bit of a theory. My theory is that because I've been in the venture business and the startup business for 20 years, part of the, the religion of that is that we can, our companies can disrupt the incumbents because they won't see it coming. Right. I think one of the things that's changed is that the incumbents are really smart. You'll listen to IBM or you listen to Qualcomm or Google. In other words, many of them are schooled in the art of disruption in a way that they weren't. Disney. So, Disney's yeah, like, like a, a absolutely. App Disney's going to do their own, you know, OTT, you know, cable bundle or online services. And so, uh, and so I look at, we used to look at those, it, it, you know, for our companies to figure out where they can find opportunities. Now we look at them because they're competitors as mm-hmm. well, which so, I think um, is different than it's been in the past. Okay. Your, your notion, you're willing to take a lot of failure, uh, you, you said, uh, um, <laughs> which is the characteristic of a of rather not, capitalist. I'm assuming. Of course. Yes. Just the way um, it works. But I wonder if you're if when you look at exits and you think of exits changing because we've you know the IPO market is a, fr- a, a fraction of what it was and some companies are staying private for very long periods of times. I wonder if that changes what you're doing in terms of trying to find the types of companies you might might otherwise have gotten ahead of different exits. Yeah, it does. It's a, and it's I benefited a, from one of your exits. Well, well, one of Fred Wilson's exits a long time ago. TheStreet.com. You know, back in the back in the day. Sure. It's a ve- it's a very it's a very different dynamic because you have you have two things right one is like you said the number of companies that go are going public is dramatically lower than it's ever been in history and at the same time you have more capital in the markets to keep these companies private and so there are instances where that's good for a company I think it's it's negative as a whole for venture capital my gut tells me that. The, the vintage of venture capital that started a year or two ago and goes out about 10 years, on average, will have lower returns than the vintage before that because of that dynamic. Now, we don't know how it will play out at the end, but that's what I think on average returns will be lower because of that. Andy, tell us a little bit about some of the companies you're investing in. So we invest in companies that are networks that have network effects. We think that's what's native to the Internet, and, and that's where there's defensibility. And then we look in certain verticals to find them, and those verticals, can be fintech, they can be health tech, they can be education. The last two companies we invested in were both New York companies. One is a company called Gotenna, which creates mesh networks mm-hmm. in areas where there's no internet access. They have a really innovative device. Hikers use it and then has many other applications. Another uh, company we invested in is a marketplace for subleases called Flip. The idea, the idea there being that you, the lease you sign for your apartment, apartment or home is for a period of time that isn't consistent with the life changes that, that, you, that occur to you. Right. You get another job, you get married, etc. And so they're creating a marketplace to create liquid, a liquid market for leases that could be less than a year. They could be month, three months, six months, things like that. What do you look for? We look for uh, something that has defensibility. That if it works, it could it has real sustainable competitive advantages, and then we look for a founder or a founder team that feels some larger mission that they're doing it on top of the transaction. So, for example, Flip is a marketplace for subleases. The founder Susanna believes that if you have that as humans, we have more freedom mm-hmm. because we're not tied down to where we have to live. 
that's important to us. Which is kind of the economy we're living. Like we, do, we, I mean, we I talk about so. the sharing economy, right? And sharing cars and sharing space. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like what you're talking about actually is passion, and 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 the, mm-hmm. the thing that's going to make you want to work on the weekends and work on work and blow off vacations, and and because you're doing something higher than just making a, a, a business plan work. Yeah, I think part of I think a lot of it is passion. I think in a way, passion is table stakes for for us. The way that our firm operates is we have. Uh, beliefs about the world and why technology is important in the world, and we look for businesses that are consistent with that. And so one of our beliefs is um, that we've moved from an industrial economy to an information economy, where all information is digital. We also believe that one of the things that makes human beings different is we share knowledge with each other, and so that makes humans different than anyone else. So the knowledge age is very important, and so where are there businesses that enhance that and then enhance the freedoms that come from sharing of knowledge? Healthcare has taken a long time, I feel like, to be disrupted, but yes. it's ripe for it. Um, I mean, will it change dramatically? As you know, we all talk about sharing of data and helping with diagnosis and all that good. You know, I still walk in and I've got to fill out forms. Got about twenty seconds. Yes, it should. It hasn't. Uh, technology has been deflationary in every industry except healthcare, where it's been inflationary, and that makes no sense. This was fun. Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Thank you, Andy Weissman, partner at Union Square Ventures, here at uh, the Bloomberg Live event. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, and this is Bloomberg Radio.